Welcome to the Simplify Finance Podcast, powered by Palma Bella Consulting. No gimmicks, no schemes, just solid, simple ways to recapture control over your finances. And now, broadcasting from Palma Bella Studios in sunny Orlando, Florida, here is your host, Troy Peterson. Well, we did it this week. We finally broke the record. If you look at what happened in our markets, our Dow Jones Industrial Average finally broke that elusive 20,000-point barrier and held it for closing. And now, even as we speak, is sitting over 20,000 and seems to be holding somewhat firm. That 20,000-point barrier had been a ceiling, a point of resistance, and it just would bounce off of that and push right back down. But for the last month, the Dow has been threatening to break that, and this week it finally broke it. And it's just kind of rocking and rolling and moving up and down. As I watch the market, I'll see it change, you know, several points up, several points down. It just kind of flows. And I think it's a good picture of what we've got to look ahead. We're looking at a little bit of a volatile economy and a volatile market as we come up. Listen, in today's episode, we want to talk about what's ahead in our economy for this year, what it really means to us, and what we can do to both take advantage of the opportunities that are there for us and to protect ourselves from some of the risks. Now, as we take a look at this, let's really examine what's going on with the Dow right now and with our market overall. You see, I'm going to say that our market right now is being driven largely by speculators. Speculators are people that are buying into the market thinking that it's going to get better. So they're buying now hoping to get better. There are those who will buy anticipating that the market's going to go down. And those are what are we call short sales. We're not talking about the short sellers today. I want to talk about those people that are getting in and really trying to drive on speculation because they've got a lot to speculate of. As you know, we've got a new president that took over here in the U.S., and President Trump has some policies and some promises that he's made to keep jobs here in America and to really grow our economy. He's talked directly against our low GDP growth being, you know, at or below 1% the last few reports, and he projects that his plan will get us to a 3% or better GDP growth. Now, GDP, gross domestic gross domestic product there, if I could say that right, the GDP needs to have a strong growth in order to have a healthy economy. Uh, The simplest explanation I can give to a GDP is it is the measurement of the movement of our economy, of goods and services across our economy, and a strong GDP indicates a strong economy. When we have an economic growth or a GDP growth at below 1%, that means we're not generating enough new revenue to really even cover the interest cost on our debt. We actually need about a 2% GDP growth just to maintain the interest on our debt. So anything above 2% puts us in the black. Anything below 2% puts us in the red and causes our debt to continue to grow. Uh, as we speak right now, our national debt is hovering around the $20 trillion mark, simply an astronomical and unfathomable figure, uh, $20 trillion. I can't even imagine having to write that many zeros across to check. It's just, it's just a, a number that d- defies logic. But $20 trillion in debt. So if we have a GDP growth that's not at least 2%, we can't even cover the interest on that debt. Uh, right now... We're sitting with the Dow sitting at about 20. And today, as I record this, we're expecting a report on the GDP. And investors are already saying that that's going to be kind of a lackluster report. In fact, it's, they're anticipating it's going to show slower growth 
than really they would like to see in order to have a strong economy. And of course, we haven't seen a lot of uh, new policies put in place yet. Uh, They're buying the stocks based on the speculation of what Trump will do as he moves forward with his policies. We've already seen him negotiate with companies to keep jobs in America. Ford has agreed not to build their plant in Mexico, but to develop things here in the U.S. Uh, There's been news released that Alibaba from China is going to come make huge investments in infrastructure here in the U.S. and move some of its operations here. Alibaba's like the Amazon from China. So it's a huge international company that's coming here to America that will create jobs in the U.S. That's good for the U.S. economy. That's good for the international economy because now you've got goods and services being traded and exchanged across borders, and that helps to bolster jobs, manufacturing, everything in different economies. Uh, But especially helps with the GDP growth here in the U.S. to have more jobs here. Investors right now are speculating that we're going to continue to have job growth and that job growth will drive an increased GDP and an increased GDP means a stronger economy. An increased GDP means more people go to work. When more people go to work, that means more people have money in their pocket. And when more people have more money, they tend to go spend it. And spending it creates more jobs because it creates more of a demand for goods and services, which requires people to be hired to transport those goods and services. More jobs are created to manufacture those goods and services. More jobs are created as you create a larger workforce to help distribute those goods and services. And all in all, our economy continues to grow all driven by more people, more jobs, more money in the economy, kind of a trickle-down, spread-it-around kind of effect. And I know trickle-down economics is not a popular phrase according to what your political fraction is, but whatever you call it, you can't deny. When, When more people have jobs, then there's more money spent in the economy, and the economy tends to be stronger, and our GDP growth happens to be up. Well, right now, the speculators are saying, there are going to be more jobs in the market. So let's invest. Let's buy. Let's see what we can do to get into this market now because we're anticipating it's just going to go up and grow in the future. So you've got all this positive pressure that's pushing, and that's what's caused our Dow to break the 20,000-point mark. Now, on the other hand, if you listen to the naysayers, the doom and gloomers, the ones who were saying to get ready for the biggest crash of all, and some of the economists that are even writing books and creating newsletters telling you how you're going to profit from the great credit default that's coming and, and that this is going to be worse than what we saw in 2008, well, I can tell you, half the people say it's good, half the people say it's bad. One group is right, but it's just a matter of time as to find out which one. But when you listen to the gloom and doomers, you have to pay attention to the truths that they say because these are the negativities that are pushing the other direction on our economy. See, we've got the positive speculation that's driving up, but we've got these negative aspects that are coming down. As I mentioned a minute ago, we're waiting on a report today on our GDP, and it's expected to come out with a low report. If we have a low GDP, then that's going to put negative pressure on our market and it's going to cause investors to kind of sell out, anticipating a bit of a drop, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. They create the drop by selling. But we also have a tremendous amount of debt. And the cost to service that debt is putting a huge strain on us when GDP growth is low because we simply don't have enough new revenue to generate the debt. 
What does that do? That pushes back down. So this creates a lot of volatility in the market. You've got the negative aspects like our low GDP, like our debt load, like our still unquestionable uh, employment rate. Those are negative aspects that are pushing down on our economy. And you've got the positive aspects like the hope for the future, the jobs that have already been created, some of the deregulation that's happening. These are driving investors' hopes and that's pushing up. These two forces are going to create a bit of a volatile economy. It's a little bit like 2005 and 2006 all over again. In fact, if we take our situation now and let's compare it to 2005, 6, and 7, those final years just before the last big market crash. And here we are again, 2017. In 2005, 6, and 7, you had people spending at record rates because they were cashing out equity in their homes, basically spending money they didn't have. And that speculation was helping to drive our markets to all new highs, but it was also creating personal debt loads that set record highs. Here we are, 2017. We've got the Dow Jones breaking record highs. We've got international markets that are chasing and following suit and also trying to bust their levels of resistance. And we've got personal debt loads that have also now exceeded what they were in 2007, just prior to the bust. That kind of sets the stage for a little bit of caution. And caution is exactly the point I want to get to today. You see, with all this going on in the market, there tends to be a level of complacency that we, the average consumer, causes ourselves to fall into. We had this complacency in 2005, 6, and 7, thinking, wow, the market's good. It's continued to get good. I can just refinance my house, pull more cash out, and I can continue living this cycle. And all of a sudden, when the market crashed, we couldn't get money from the banks. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. And, well, you know the results. Many of us lived through that uh, problem just 10 years ago. And here we are today with debt now exceeding personal, personal debt, exceeding the levels that they were in 2007. And here we are again in that same level of complacency. We're spending. We're not concerned about our debt. We're hoping that our investments continue to grow. It's like we've forgotten the lessons that we learned just 10 short years ago, and we're trying to ride the wave. Now, listen, I'm with you, and I really hope this market continues to go. But at any rate, I know there's going to be volatility. Volatility. It's a little tough to say there. I get my tongue tied, but uh, we know there's going to be volatility. You know, just on a very simple level, I've outlined the positive and negative pressures that are out there, and that's going to keep a constant up and down in the market. But think about the personal level now. Let's bring this back home personally. If you've fallen into that place of complacency, now you've got a danger level because you've got to realize that whatever the market's doing to reach new highs means that what goes up must come down. It can't continue to go up forever. So if we get complacent in our investments, we could very much be exposing ourselves to too much market risk and opening ourselves up for great losses. We also get complacent with our debt load. As I mentioned, our personal debt load now is exceeded 2007 levels, which means now the cost to manage that debt becomes a problem. Here's where your personal economy, your microeconomy compares to the macroeconomy. You see, in the macro economy, we need GDP growth rate of 2% or more just to keep up with the interest on our debt. Well, on your micro economy, your own personal finances, you need your income to continue to pace just to keep up with your personal debt. When we get complacent on the truth of the market, we forget what it's like to have to pay that debt. We forget what it's like 
when our investments start to lose value and we forget what it's like or what it was like just a few short years ago when we were all put in a big financial strain. And the biggest thing that caused the strain then was the complacency of the general public. And I see that same complacency across the market now. You know, the bottom line is this, folks. We are in a volatile economy. It's been said that we've never really returned to our growth rates of pre-2007. And I know that our job rates have not got there. Our economic growth has not got there. The recovery this time has been very, very slow in spite of the best efforts of our politicians, of our economists, of our government, and of the banks to stimulate their own growth. In spite of all of this combined effort, our economy has still continued to grow at a relatively low pace. We do need a faster pace for our economy to grow just to keep up with our debt. We need a faster growth in our economy for our personal finances to be able to keep up with our own debt and our own investment goals. When we settle into this place of complacency, we expose ourselves to unnecessary risk. We don't realize that when times are good, we need to be focusing on making safe investments. We need to be focusing on eliminating debt. Instead, when times are good, we tend to get complacent and we willingly take on more debt. We willingly accept more payments, and that just makes it that much harder to survive when times get bad. The number one thing you've got to know about an economy is you can never predict which way it's going to go tomorrow. The number two thing to know is that every market cycle will repeat itself. That means after an up cycle, there is always a down cycle. So my caution to you today would be to beware of a complacent attitude that comes on as our market continues to set new records. That complacent attitude causes us to take on more debt, uh, acquire more obligations, and to strain the existing resources that we have. And then when the market takes an inevitable downturn, whether that's six months from now or six years from now, we know it's going to go down at some point. Uh, anybody can keep guessing as to when. It's not a matter of if. It is just a matter of when. And when that happens, if your obligations outpace your income, then you are looking for a bankruptcy, a foreclosure all over again. That's not the kind of cycle that we want to keep repeating on our economy. So you need to be aware of that complacent attitude that gives us a false sense of security in good times. Right now, when times are good, the smart investor is leveraging their assets in order to pay off debt and acquire income-producing assets. Whereas the average consumer is buying more stuff, taking on debt, thinking that it's going to keep going and that there's not going to be a problem. Now, I just ran across this with a friend of mine here a couple of months ago as I was sitting down and talking at length about some of the indicators that we've got in our economy and what will happen eventually in, in our economy if we keep trying to borrow ourselves out of debt. Eventually, there's going to be an economic reset. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And as we talked about a lot of the negativity, he kind of just glassed over and he looked at me and he says, you know, it's good now and I just can't see it ever getting that bad again. He even went on to say, sure, it got bad in 2007 and 2008 and it was bad. He goes, but that's a once in a lifetime occurrence. I can't see it getting like that again. That is what psychologists call normalcy bias. And normalcy bias says that whatever's going on right now is going to continue. 
and it stops us from preparing for the inevitable down cycle. Look, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when that market goes down, you need to know you're ready. And the best way to be prepared is take advantage of good times by leveraging the additional income into paying down debt and working your best to acquire income-producing assets. That's how the wealthy get wealthier, and unfortunately the poor get poorer because in good times we get complacent and we just take on more debt. So right now is a good time to really evaluate your financial position and decide, do I want to be wealthier in the future or do I want to be the one who's lining up for the bankruptcy court because I've chosen to be complacent in a very volatile market? Remember, volatility is not always the investor's friend. Volatility means a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of gains followed by a lot of losses. And those who are untrained in the market tend to lose the most in these times of market uncertainty and complacency. Don't be one of those. Thanks for joining me. Can't wait to share next week. Uh, We'll get more into our economy and share some strategies that are going to help you to increase your income, eliminate your debt, and build real and lasting wealth. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Simply Finance Podcast with host Troy Peterson. We hope you were able to take away some essential strategies for recapturing control of your finances and more importantly, enhancing your life. This podcast is made possible by Palmabella Consulting. For access to more episodes of this podcast or further financial coaching tools, please visit us at www.palmabella.com. And remember, if you want to simplify your life, start by simplifying your finances.